we had a conversation, Andrew and I, at the beginning of the year in terms of, and it was kind of like a vague conversation because I don't think we nailed down, which is part of the reason I wanted to do this today. I don't think we nailed down exactly what the parameters were of what we were talking about. But basically, it went like, who has the most pressure on them in this NBA season slash who has the most, it was more like who has the most at stake, right? And we threw around some names and like, and we've, we've, we've touched on it here and there over the course of the year. We certainly talked about it in the context of the MVP race, like versus the champion, like the hunt for a championship. I think, you know, we had a little discussion a few months ago about like, well, does Embiid have more pressure on him to get an MVP this season, but Jokic has more pressure on him to get a championship, you know, and we kind of went back and forth. So like we, we've talked about this topic in generally in general, I want to kind of now again with three months left in the season, a month, regular season, two months, playoffs, one month play in. I really kind of want to nail down. Okay. What's at stake here? What's at stake? Who are the major stakeholders? And what are the storylines that are most, I don't want to say most interesting, maybe most captivating. And the ones that we are going to sit here and we're going to feel like, okay, this is major, 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 major history at play with what is about to happen. And I actually really, and, and the reason I wanted to do this is because I, you know, some things I don't love ranking other things, when especially when it comes to NBA history and historical precedent and historical impact. I love ranking that stuff. So um, I was looking forward to doing this and I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I have, I have a tentative, I have a tentative top 10 and I have a tentative order of those top 10. But with that said, I'm just going to be in full disclosure. We're, we're going to talk this out. You're, you're, even though you can't, I can't hear you. If you feel like you want to talk into your, into your AirPods and like assist me as I'm going through this process, I would welcome that assistance. Um, again, even though I can't hear you, I can hear you in, in spirit though. Um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna work through it. Um, and again, I want to I want to try to be as specific as possible with the parameters, which is who has the most at stake. And I don't know that I could be any more specific than that because I think what's what who has most at stake carries with it the two holes of what it means to have something at stake. I think it carries with it downside risk in terms of if this person did not win it this year, here's what that could mean for their career on the downside. And I think it carries with them. If this person were to win it this year, what that could mean for them on the positive end on the upside. And I think there is a balance there and I think we tend to give more weight to the downside, right? As opposed to like, well, if somebody wins it, but they're already having a great career and there's really no pressure on them to win in this particular year, um, you know, and it's more kind of all gravy. We, I think we give more credit to the other side of the coin. Um, and like, I, and I, I'm, I'm trying to avoid that. I'm trying to avoid that. But like, so, for one person who's not making my list is Luka Doncic. 
Um, and that is, I know oh, I should. Okay. Which is a good, a good entryway into the last caveat before I should get down to the list. I, as much as possible or as much as seemed reasonable and fair. I did want to factor situation into this. So here's what I mean by that. Very very generally. Luka Doncic, just I think he's the perfect example of why he's not making this list. Um, Luka Doncic is, let me just double check this, is I believe 20 yeah, he's 24 years old. He literally just turned 24 a week ago. So like certainly not I mean, you know, he's not a spring chicken. I mean, he's not a rookie. He's not a second year player. I mean, you know, he's he's been in the league for a little while now. Like 24 is not is not nothing. Came in at 19. He's been in for five years. Um, and certainly there have been, you know, players who have, I mean, LeBron James's first NBA finals appearance, I believe came, I'll, I'll double check this, but I believe came, it came right around 24, 25 when he made it with that God awful, um, Cavs team, uh, way back when, you know, so like, it's not like it means it's not like Lucas postseason means nothing, but I would argue that. Luka Doncic, based on what he has already done in the postseason throughout his very short NBA career, has already established himself as one of, if not the biggest big game player in the game of basketball. And it's a situation this year where um, his team let an NBA all should have been an NBA all-star and, and might very well be an all-NBA level player in Jalen Brunson just walk out the door um, because they fucked up royally. And then they made the Kyrie trade and like, well, you know, they have no defense and you know, they've just kind of really ransacked the team. So like whatever happens as far as what Luca, you know, with Luca for the rest of this season, um, I like, I'm not putting that on him. He's already done it in the playoffs if this if he gets eliminated in the first round or like even if something crazy happens and they go out in like the play in or something which if you're a Nick fan i think your ideal scenario is they end up in the play in and um they lose both play in games and uh end up with something like the uh you know a perfect world would be the 11th pick in the draft but i'll take 12 i'll take 13 i'll take i'll take any of those outcomes <laughs> Um, so yeah. Um, but like, I, I don't like for me personally this year, I don't like, I don't, and I think there are a couple other guys who kind of fit into that category. Again, it, it does tend to be guys on the younger side. Um, I pro I mean, I'm still going to put John Morant in, into this group. I, and now with everything that's going on with John Morant, I, I guess you could make an argument that he deserves to be placed out of this group and into like, Oh, wait a minute. There's actually some pressure on John Morant. I quite frankly, just like there's so much going on there with everything. I think that goes beyond. We're now past the sports legacy part of the conversation with Josh. So I don't think he's, I don't think this is the, the proper conversation for him either. Um, so to speak. And like, you know, we could talk about one or two, one or two other guys again, who are like younger. They're going to have a lot of time. They've already showed themselves to be, you know, um, players who are, you know, they're going to be around for a little while with, with one exception that I'm going to get to in a bit, but um, the two guys that I did before we get to the top 10. So these are my two honorable mentions 
And these are two guys. These are my two young guys who I'm giving as honorable mentions. And I actually had them on the list briefly and I decided to take them off the list. And those two guys, um, they may surprise you. It's one guy from each conference. And I think in a lot of ways, these two players are, they're not like connected at the hip by any stretch of the imagination. Like they've never been on the same team. They weren't in the same draft. They don't play the same position or any, anything of that nature. But in terms of their early legacies, I personally see quite a few similarities. And so my two honorable mentions are Carl Anthony Towns and Trey Young. So Carl Anthony Towns, you may recall, um, has not played a lot of basketball uh, this season. Um, he has actually played very little basketball this season. If you've been paying attention, he went out with an injury, uh, I believe after like the first 20 something games of Minnesota's year. And uh, since then, uh, and then that was an injury that was initially ruled to be one timeline. And then we blew right on past that timeline and right around when we were blowing past that timeline, there was some, there was an article that came out discussing how Carl Anthony Towns was very upset or, or a little bit upset or somewhat upset, somewhat not happy with the Timberwolves for releasing the original timeline. And, um, you know, because the injury was actually more serious than that. And the implication being that he didn't want to look bad or look soft or any of those sorts of things. Um, Here's the, here's the, and again, I should say like Zion is not on this list, right? Zion's not getting one of my honorable mentions because like, okay, let's see Zion misses the rest of this year. Okay. That's a, that's a concern for Zion's like basketball career. Um, That's not a legacy thing yet for me. We're at the point now with Carl Anthony Towns. He is 27 years old. He's going to be 28 at the very beginning of next season. He has played, um, Again, 21 games this season. The most recent report says that he he hopes to return in the last 10 to 15 games. So right about now, this is his eighth NBA year. This is eighth NBA year. In those eight NBA seasons, he's been a three-time All-Star. He's made two All-NBA teams. He obviously won Rookie of the Year. After that Rookie of the Year, like already people were talking about him as like, oh my God. This is a generational big man talent. And even in recent years, like, you know, my, 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 uh, you know, my mentor, Zach Lowe, uh, talks about him as like the, the, the most skilled or whatever, you know, most diverse or what danger, whatever words you want to use. But like a big man who's never, like, there's never been a big man who's been able to do anything like Carl Anthony Towns has been able to do. But like that sentiment, even if maybe people weren't putting it in those terms early on, like that sentiment has been there from the very beginning. And this is a player who has yet to win a playoff series and has only brought his team to the playoffs a couple times, once under Tibbs, very short series. And then last year, um, feisty series against the Grizzlies, but wasn't feisty because of him because he shot the bed. So 28 years old already, I think a lot of pressure on Carl Anthony Towns to, you know, are the, are the wolves going to make it into the playoffs? Are they, if they're in the play and if they have to go the player in route, um, what happens when they get there? Anthony Edwards has taken over as the guy. Rudy Gobert is there. He's not going anywhere because he's quite frankly, they can't trade him. Um, so like 
you know, is this is this the last we're going to hear of or see of Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota? Are they going to pull the plug? Like, there's a lot at stake here for this player, even though he is again just 27 years old. And then Trey Young, I, again, even younger, much younger. He's 24 years old, so the same same age as Luka Doncic. The difference is that Luka Doncic has established himself as one of the five best players in the NBA, um, a primetime playoff performer, came up huge it, several times, and a guy that, like, there, there are no questions about Luka Doncic, right? As far as, like, on court, off court, you want to give me, like, maybe a little bit of the conditioning stuff, but, like, hey, whatever. There are, no, and, and Trey Young, to his credit, to his credit, same number of conference finals as Luka. Made it to the conference finals, beat the Knicks, beat the beat the snot out of the Knicks. And then, you know, did he have a great series against Philly? I, I he had a he had a good enough series against Philly, you know, to to make it. And then, you know, he got injured in that series against the Bucs. Um, but that was a really that was a really good playoffs. And that it was a representative, it was it, it goes on his resume. It counts, it all counts, right? Can't can't pick and choose. That said. There are now very real questions about whether or not this is a player that you can build around, whether whether like a player that you want to build around if you're a franchise. And the Hawks, as we are sitting here right now, are in position. They should be in the playoff field, right? They're in the eighth spot. They have a game and a half lead as I'm recording this over the Toronto Raptors. They're a game and a half behind the Miami Heat. Um. And perhaps even more importantly than that, they're they're I mean, they're a game and a half behind the heat, but they're four games behind the Nets. Like on paper before the season, if you would have given me if most people this Hawks team and what's left of the Nets and you would ask them, can that Hawks team make up four games on what's left of the Brooklyn Nets with uh, 16 games left to play in the season. That's how many they have. 16 games left to, to play in the season for, for both teams. I think a lot of people would have been like, yeah, probably. You know, one team go 12 and four, the other team go eight and eight, maybe a little bit worse. The Hawks maybe could go a little bit. But like, so I, I think there's pressure on him to help elevate the Hawks, you know, out of play in status or at the very least in, into the seventh spot. Uh, so you hopefully avoid the Milwaukee Bucks, which obviously I think is the team at this point. People, everybody's looking to avoid. Um, and then what does he do when he gets there? Is it like his playoff series last year against the Miami Heat was a disaster? It was a disaster. Is he going to have another disastrous playoff series on top of all of the shit that has come out and come up this season with Atlanta firing yet another coach? Or dismissing or whatever the hell happened to Nate McMillan. Um, and just like they gave their franchise over to this guy. They have built their franchise in no uncertain terms around this player. And what has he done? You know, and where where are they now? 